R E A R E A R E A R E A Audio Re-e-a, audio. 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 Re-e-a, Season two. Season two. Season two. So what are your goals in life? Well, maybe I should ask, what do you aspire to? Most of us would say to have a loving family, health, financial security, maybe an influential job, or close friends and true happiness. I'm pretty sure none of us would say they aspire to drug addiction, incarceration, or homelessness. Regardless of the why behind the millions of people in the United States in these situations, and regardless of your political leanings or what you think should be done about the issues, I believe most of us could agree that people in these situations didn't aspire to be there. Human to human, they need help. Sharon Green is the founder and executive director of Victor Family Resource Center, an organization whose focus is on assistance in the communities they serve, helping people transition from jail cells to jobs and from streets to a home. She's inspirational, and I'm super excited to share our conversation now. Sharon, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to join us on REA Audio today. It's such a pleasure to have you on because you are a partner with Reemployability, um, the not-for-profit that you are the founder and executive director of. Um, Victor Family Resource Center is one that utilizes injured workers out in California with uh, from Reemployability. And the reason we wanted to talk to you is because um, you are very, uh, you're very excited about the types of people that we're able to send and, and you're very, very involved in the not-for-profit that obviously you're the executive director of because you're the founder as well. And, and so we always like to get your insights on, on some of the things that you work with on a daily basis and some of the people that you help. And, and so we're really excited to have you on. So thanks. Thanks for taking time out of your day today. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Um, so can, you guys are amazing. Can I say that? Oh you guys my gosh, are amazing. That was completely unsolicited. I just want you to know we <laughs> we we didn't have you on to 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 <laughs> to say that, but thank you. Thank you so much. We really enjoy working with you as well. Thank so you. So t- tell us a little bit about what Victor Valley Family Resource Center is. What is it and what do you do? We are a 501c3 nonprofit that um provides emergency, transitional, um, and shared housing, permanent housing for the um, address community. Our focus is on the formerly incarcerated population coming back to to, um, really get their lives together. We are instrumental in helping them to achieve that. We also provide rental assistance, utility assistance, and groceries to our community. We try and just help wherever we can because it's a huge need. I I was looking at your website and it, you know, obviously there's um, very impactful pictures, first of all. Um, I was really impressed by how impactful your website is when you go look at it. Um, Some of the things that they talk about is homelessness and mental health and need for food. one of the things that I noticed in the website, it talks about graduating from the transitional housing program, which I thought graduating was a very unique word to use in, on a website with the resources that you provide. Can you talk a little bit about contributing to the community and what graduating from that program means? 
certainly. Our program, um, when our clients first come in, we actually, some have, um, are coming back from years of incarceration. Okay. So some of our clients are former lifers. And so we bring them in and get them acclimated back into where we are today with technology, with um, putting resumes together, helping to build skills, connecting them to resources in the community, engaging them with um, their therapy services and life skills services. We partner with other agencies. So if they happen to have a need with um, perhaps Alcohol, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, Anonymous, we connect them there too. So we're their connecting point. And so our goal is to make sure that they come back. They are able to integrate back into, commu- into the community and become self-sustaining mm-hmm. and move mm-hmm. into permanent housing. And so graduating from that program means that they were successful at coming out, getting accustomed and adjusted to where we are today, um, and being able to move forward. We are doing a not um, a shared housing element because first of all, sometimes the rents are way too high right. to afford to live on their own. But also with shared housing, it gives them support around them. So if they ever fall into a place where they feel that they're not successful, they we're there mm-hmm. to help them and navigate, help them make sure they don't fall back into old behaviors. Unfortunately, um, I've never been incarcerated, so I have no firsthand knowledge whatsoever. And so anything that I know about that is through, you know, uh, educating myself, you know, online or from movies or TV. Uh, there, there is no preparation for somebody coming out of prison. Am I correct? Like, like, how does that work? Like, you're, the day for you to be released comes about. Do they really just leave you outside the gates, or, or how, how does that integrate into what you do? They um, sometimes they'll leave you outside the gates. Sometimes they will take you to a drop-off point. Um, some get finances, two hundred dollars. And tell them, here you go. Right. 200 <laughs> and, and bucks so, and thanks for, thanks for your time. Mm-hmm. And so we are working with other agencies. So those that are exiting aren't left into the community. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and we connect with them. So we are the drop off point. Okay. And so we work with parole and, and probation. Um, law enforcement there, outreach department. So if something happens where the connection was severed and they're on the street, we bring them in. We provide a bed, three meals, two snacks, and help connect them to, um, first of all, to Cal Fresh in California. That's the um, Transitional Assistance Department to make sure that they're able to get assistance on getting food. Um, and we help connect them with cell phones and um, help them to build resumes. And so we have had to um, look at the fact that some of the skills 
they have learned while they're incarcerated may not fit out into the real world. Right. And, and sometimes they're used to being in there. So to come out and some of our clients' um, experiences, they came out, they didn't. We took them to a Walmart superstore because we have transitioned with all of that. Right. And it has caused them to go into an anxiety attack mm -hmm. because there's so many people yeah. and so much stuff going on. Yeah. So we're there to walk them through that process. Wow. I mean, you don't even think of stuff like that. If you've been incarcerated for 20 years to think of what you come out and see and and I'm I'm sure there's a difference between hearing about things and seeing things on TV and actually experiencing them as well, you know, coming out. And it's got to be, right. like you said, like shock. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll tell you one story if I can. Oh, please. It was our first experience receiving someone that was formerly a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And when he got out, I came to meet him at the house because I wanted him to see my face, to be the first face. Instead of my staff, I wanted him to be introduced to our agency from my perspective and what our goals were with him. And so when I got there, I hadn't eaten. So I was hungry. Right, right, right. <laughs> and my thought process, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, that's My fine. thought process was, let's go get some food. How about going to IHOP? Right. And he said, IHOP? What's IHOP? Yeah. I said, have you heard of International House of Pancakes? He didn't know what that was. Yeah. And so, and so he said, I had to ask someone to make a call when I left because I had I didn't know where I was going and they handed me what they called a cell a cell phone. Yeah. And so he said I saw this little black square and I'm wondering what I do with what do I do with this? Yeah. And so when he's educating me while <laughs> I'm calling yeah. myself educating him. And so we ended up going to IHOP and he said he had never been in a restaurant like that. Really? Because when he went in, he was like 17. Oh my goodness. When he got out, he was in his 50s. Oh my Lord. It's like, it's, it's so, like an alien world. Mm hmm. So he had missed all of our progress. And so I'm wondering, oh my God, how do I help? <laughs> and he's missed all of this. And so we get bonded at, at IHOP. Yeah. And so, he has now graduated the program now, but he's an amazing young man. He's now doing, um, he's a forklift driver. Oh, now. really? Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But he, I, I'm going in to educate him and welcome to our program. Mm -hmm. And really he was saying, let me welcome you to my world. Right. And, and so it, it was interesting. Did nice. that help you to be more prepared for other times when I, I imagine this was early on uh, in the program? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and we actually got him maybe about four years ago. Okay. And so we have been doing business since 2009. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I was the expert because yeah. I was getting phone calls saying, how can you help me get started in Give me, we're being told you're the big thing, big person in this yeah. community doing housing. 
And he taught me, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. so much, so much. (laughs) You're still scratching the surface. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. I, so before we started talking, uh, recording, we talked a little bit about what your background was before being the founder and executive director there at Victor Family Resource Center. You were in the uh, telecommunications world, way different from what you're doing now uh, to 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 a certain extent. How did you get involved and and what inspired you to begin this not-for-profit? Well, I'm a church girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I was raised in the church in a religious environment. And for my family, helping those that were less fortunate was a part of our give back. Mm -hmm. And so I was raised visiting um, convalescent homes and feeding the, the homeless are people that were less fortunate. We took um, people out of the foster care system into our housing. So that was something that we were just brought up to do. Mm-hmm. And so I am now, I'm now a pastor as well. Oh, no kidding. And okay. so <laughs> talking about transition. Yeah, but, right. Um, and so I felt like that was what my duty was. Mm-hmm to really see what the needs were in our community. And because God had blessed me to the degree to retire. Um, and I, I've been real blessed. I really mm-hmm. have. I went from the telephone company into a, a county okay. for uh, a huge tire manufacturing company. And so as I journeyed that, I realized how my life had really been blessed And so I wanted to give back. Mm -hmm. I felt that was a mandate on my life. So we started off with assistance for the youth, with um, tutoring, and then saw that there was a much larger need and expanded into where we are. Okay, so it's always been Victor Family Resource Center, but you've kind of changed your focus as time has gone on, it sounds like. Yes, Okay. Yes. So so you you've you've identified this need to help incarcerated people as they're being released into the community. Mm-hmm. Um how long are people in the program? So somebody is released but on average what how long does it take folks to graduate and I imagine you always keep in some kind of contact with them or are there some that mm-hmm. you you know they're they're they've they've graduated, they've they they've reacclimated into society and off they go. Well, and I think as much as they progress and as they've journeyed through our program, we become a family connection Mm -hmm. because some don't have contact with their family. Some have even reconnected, but even with reconnecting, we are still the family. Mm -hmm. And so they know that if something happens, they, they can always come back. They can always reach out and we're there to offer support. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I said all of that to say it, we always are connected mm-hmm. in some kind of fashion. Yeah. It's very rare. Even when for the those that left our program um, and where, where they did not successfully transition and they fell back into old behaviors and left, they still will call back and come come back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When, so they're when, always welcome when when they're when they're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So you've been doing this a long time. You've been you've you've been involved in the lives of so many people since 2009. Can you tell us your favorite story about the impact that you've had, or that you personally, or that the uh, organization has had on a person since you've been involved? Well, I think um, one of my favorite stories. We had a city, and I will leave it nameless. Okay. That tried to shut our doors. Okay. Um, and we thought it was because it was who we were serving. Ended up being that it was more about us moving in in the wrong community. Uh-huh. They didn't want us nor the people that we served, and so we ended up challenging. What was happening? They had code enforcement coming out, trying to shut our doors. They had city council mm-hmm. having meetings behind closed doors on us, and so we ended up challenging the system. Um, they had—I tell you how special we had become. They had written ordinances to keep us from doing what we do, okay. and so crime-free ordinances. And you'll hear that. Um, think frequently now across cities, we challenged that and ended up winning the case. And because it violated their housing laws, what they're doing, we ended up HUD gotten well, housing and urban development got involved, mm-hmm. filed charges. Now the Department of Justice has filed charges. We have changed laws mm. and nationwide to be able to provide housing because our real goal is not only to keep them housed and give them resources, it keeps our communities safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So while absolutely. they were trying to close doors and say, we don't want them in our neighborhoods, you don't provide the right services, they end up probably being a problem in right. your very community. Right, right. Those laws that you've impacted. Um, yeah. So, are you? You mentioned different cities. So, where I know you're in California. What cities do you serve in California? We serve in the city of Hesperia, in the city of Victorville. Um, we are now in Lawndale in the Los Angeles area, and we are preparing to branch into other areas in San Bernardino County. Okay. So, wow, you definitely have expansion. One of my questions was going to be, how has your organization changed in the past five or 10 years? Sounds like growth might be one of those answers, right? The pandemic actually kicked a lot of that off because we had people losing housing, Mm -hmm. um, not able to pay rents, and the rents skyrocketing. And so it had us stop just looking at the fact that... um, there's emergency and transitional. We moved into permanent and then shared housing. And now we also have added senior housing mm-hmm. and transportation to oh, our wow. program. So it, it helped us to kind of expand. Right. Well, you know, we, we were talking a little bit about reemployability at the beginning and, and how we've sent some injured workers to work there uh, as well. Um, how do the injured workers acclimate to the settings there? You know, it sounds like a very positive environment, a lot of really, really good things that you're doing. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the injured workers that are there. And, and do you feel like them volunteering with your organization 
helps kind of change them a little bit as well? I do. I, we are a small a- agency, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And so our office is normally about three people, oh, our wow. corporate office. And so the volunteers come in and help us at the office and they answer calls. They are helping with applications for rental assistance, utilities assistance. They help us plan um community events to give food and resources and and donations to uh, away they are also there to help educate our community and so when they realize they come in realizing that they are so um, beneficial to the community and although they were injured it does not stop or prevent them from pro- progressing in other areas and assisting and making a difference in someone else's life mm-hmm. you'd be surprised how much they grow here and really want to come back if something happens where if they can't return to, to their original job they say well miss green if i can't come go back can i come back here and, mm-hmm. and work and so we've had some amazing people and they've changed our lives because they help us to make sure that we're meeting the need. When you say that they're surprised or they grow, what what does that mean? Like, how do you see them grow in the time that they're there with you? I see them um, understand that there are people out there that have worked and done all the right things to make sure that they were successful and still something can happen. And they made me a paycheck away from being on the streets mm-hmm. or just a, a little bit of help that we can offer and to get, help them get their lives back on track. It gives them more compassion. They realize that people can come in and fall all apart and then walk out laughing and singing and calling back and saying, if it weren't for you, mm-hmm. I'd be on the streets. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to survive. My kids would be homeless or living in a shelter, but because you guys are there. And so it makes them see how um, important what they do and how to do so with love and compassion to just turn someone's life all the way around. That's amazing. That's so nice to hear. Uh, you know, like I, like we always try to say, it's it, the, the, everything is, is in the workers' compensation world. It's human beings you're dealing with. In your mm-hmm. world, it's human beings you're dealing with. It doesn't matter when you were working for uh, in the telecommunications world. It's human beings that you're dealing with every mm-hmm. every single mm-hmm. time. You have such an ability to impact people, and sometimes you don't even realize you're impacting them just by your actions that you're taking. So, so we appreciate mm-hmm. you. Um, uh, working with us. We certainly appreciate the work that you're doing in your community. As we wrap up, I'll, I'll put your website uh, address in the show notes. So if anybody wants to uh, communicate with you or volunteer or donate, they'll be able to do that. But I'd like to know if if you had a wish list, I'm sure you have a wish list. What is it that uh, that that would make things easier for Victor Family Resource Center? What What are you looking for that would make your life easier? We would love to have others volunteer um, to help provide the needs of the community. 
to really engage with our community. Um, we would love to have them come and just donate resources. We are adding new homes. And so um, bed linens and towels and um, dishes, those kind of items, uh, furniture, uh, gently used furniture and things of that nature. Um, and just to come out and, and really support our community when people are coming in hurting, just to bless them with a smile yeah. would be great. It makes a big difference, doesn't it? It does. It does. And I don't want to forget our funding right. because too many, many times we get funding that limits our ability to do and really effectively meet the needs. But um, un, um, unrestricted funds always help us to fill the gaps. Right. So if you need some place to donate, share a little of your resources with, please consider Victor Valley Family Resource Center. Sharon Green, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. This afternoon, I appreciate your time, and we look forward to working with you more in the future, maybe having you on again. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to REA Audio. If you have any comments or suggestions for an upcoming episode, please let us know. You can find us on Twitter at REA Audio Podcast. That's the best place for feedback and show suggestions. Also, please follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out more content at listentorea.com. If you have a story to tell us, or you know someone who does, please don't be shy. You can email Todd at reemployability.com or tell us on Twitter at REA Audio Podcast. I would love to chat with you. Have a great rest of your week. Music